Hello guys and welcome to the Lean With Plants podcast. I'm Chelsea, former overweight, healthy vegan, confused about why I couldn't look like my favorite plant-based influencers even though I was chugging back green smoothies every day. After a decade of unsustainable vegan diets, I learned the truth about weight loss, lost 40 pounds, and now I'm in the best shape of my life even after two kids. Girl, if you've been struggling to drop the pounds as a vegan, stuck in a cycle of self-sabotage, sick of yo-yo dieting and going hungry, never being able to get and stay lean, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I share the no BS truth about why vegan women are overweight, the action steps to get you shedding fat, and the mindset you'll need to get slim for life. I'm stoked to have you here. Let's get started. Guys, the doors to the membership are closing today. They are closing in a few hours. This is the last day to join Lean With Plants. And when the doors close, they are closed for a good three months, maybe more, uh, until we decide to launch next. We are obsessed with getting members results. We're obsessed with focusing on bringing more and more value to our members. We have some cool things planned, uh, like getting the course on audiobook format, getting podcasts out to our members early, uh, getting our live Q&As into podcasts uh, for our members to listen to, and really just helping our members get consistent results and in whatever way we can and if that is something that you want if you want to have a transformation like that get into lean with plants while you can this is not an opportunity that is going to come around again for quite a while I want to see your life changed I know that it is possible I know that you are capable of change when you have the tools and when you have the community that is going to be there to support you. So look for the link in the show notes or you can also go to Chelsea May, May is M-A-E dot com or just, just search Lean of Plants online. Our website will come up and you can join the course and get into the membership. I will be there to welcome you. Hello my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Wherever you are, whether you are out walking your dogs right now, or you're in the car listening on your way to work, or you're a busy mom doing dishes and the kids are screaming in the background, can I just say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for trusting me with your time. It means the world to me and I love hearing the feedback about this podcast. We're going to be talking about something that is critical to your weight loss journey today and that is getting past emotional eating. I'm going to be sharing why it is that we emotionally, emotionally, scratch that. I'm going to be sharing why it is that emotional, I'm going to be sharing with you why it is that you emotionally eat and then from there my top three ways to actually stop emotionally eating. These ideas are practical and they have nothing to do with this try harder, just do it mentality, which if you've ever tried to implement, you know does not work. These are practical things that have helped me and they have helped hundreds of other women in Lean With Plants as well. They are based on everything we know about human psychology and how we deal with change and behavior. So I know that they're going to be incredibly helpful for you. It's so important to recognize how destructive emotional eating 
can be when it is left unchecked. If you are governed by your emotions when it comes to what you put in your mouth, then you're really a slave to how fickle they are. And if there's one thing I've learned about being a woman or just being a human, it's that we have a heck of a lot of emotions. And there is a lot of times I wish I could pull my heart out of my chest and just leave it on the table for a little bit while I go and do difficult things. Because that just gets in my way pretty much every morning I wake up and I don't want to go to the gym. I think, why am I doing this? This is so hard. And the only way I get there is because I tell myself, you only have to do this for two minutes. Emotional eating can be incredibly destructive to your weight loss efforts if it is left unchecked. Now, I want to put a disclaimer on this because I don't believe that it is always bad to be eating if that's going to comfort you, all right? But if that is something that is controlling you, that you have no ability to put in check, then you are really a slave to your emotions. And when you're a slave to your emotions, you are a slave to something that is incredibly fickle. You are only as strong as your environment because your environment is really what is going to dictate how you feel in these kind of scenarios. And anytime something shakes that, and that could be the smallest reason, that could be that you didn't get enough likes on your Instagram post, not speaking from experience here, or your mother-in-law said something that was really annoying. Whatever it is, that is going to govern how you feel for the most part. You are no match for strong impulses. You are really controlled by them. And we want to change that. Change is 100% possible. And there is so many people who have been able to learn how to make decisions that really strengthen their higher values in spite of what their emotions are. The idea is not to become a robot and be someone like Sheldon Cooper and not really have emotions, it's to be able to deal with them in a way that is constructive. And then when you do that, you are able to achieve really almost anything. So why do we emotionally eat? The vast majority of people in stressful situations will overeat, not undereat. It's actually really uncommon to be put off by food in a stressful situation. People think that it's kind of half and half. It really isn't. If you are someone that reaches for the donuts whenever you're stressed, you are not alone. (laughs) So food is comforting, all right? It can give you a high dopamine hit, especially if that is really processed food. And when you get that surge of dopamine, it makes you feel good. High-calorie processed foods also has this emotionally numbing effect as well. So you can understand why it's really easy to train yourself that when you are feeling down, that those things give you short-term relief. And humans, we're always trying to alleviate discomfort. I mean, this is a hardwired fact. If we didn't have this, we wouldn't have survived this long as a species. I have to remind myself almost daily that that feeling of pain or that feeling of emotional discomfort is not necessarily a negative thing. We want to run from it. We want to alleviate it as quickly as we can. So reaching for the chips when you've had a bad day reaching for the tub of ice cream if you've had a breakup, that is a normal human response. 
The thing is here is you're not just dealing with the fact that you get a dopamine hit and you do feel, you genuinely feel better from eating comfort food in the short term, okay? Not many people are going to deny that. The issue is that as you do that more and more and more, and you've probably done that for years at this point, you've now created a pathway in your brain, or I'd say you have, your brain has created a pathway where it has a sequence of events that it can identify when this happens. So let's say when I feel stressed, then if I eat XYZ chocolate chip cookies, then I will get, I will feel better. This is how your brain forms habits. This is how uh, we're able to learn what feels good. We know that because our brain has created this shortcut that when this action occurs, when this trigger occurs, we will do dot, 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 and then we will get the reward. And that's really all a habit is. So most of the time when you form a habit, it's by accident. You are trying a lot of things and then somehow you get a reward, you get that dopamine hit or you get the payoff, and then your brain tries to work out, well, what was it that did that? What was it that actually caused that response? And you can see this in tests with animals that they are they put animals in cages. This sounds horrible. This is a vegan podcast. What are you doing, Charles? So they put animals in cages and then there's a, a lever or a lever. Wrong lever, crunk. I'm gonna leave I'm gonna leave my Disney movies to this idea. Uh, there's a lever lever that they can I can't even say this. This is like, I'm having a, yeah. And really almost all our habits that we have formed have given us some kind of short-term positive result. This is why it's incredibly hard to form habits where there is a long-term payoff to them. Something like me going and recording a podcast every week. It's really, really difficult to form this habit because it's not fun in the moment. As much as I do get into it a little bit, (laughs) I I make a lot of mistakes and it's a difficult thing. But scrolling my phone, that's easy for me to do because my brain knows that I get this dopamine hit. I get that dopamine hit when I'm looking at something entertaining. So now I have this pathway in my brain where the trigger is that I feel a little bit bored and then instantly my brain goes, hey, I've, I know a way that you can alleviate that. I have a great way for you to do that. It will give you a high dopamine hit and it's really, really easy. It doesn't require any brain calories for you to do it. And what your, tr- your brain is always going to be trying to do is it's trying to give you the maximum payoff for the least amount of effort possible because that's really what keeps us alive. Your brain is incredibly efficient that way. It just can't always distinguish what is a genuinely good uh, result because it's it's really just interested in that short-term payoff. So my brain knows, okay, feel bored? Look to try and find my phone because the reward is scrolling my phone. So when you're thinking about something like emotionally eating, then you have got the same kind of pattern that has now formed in your brain. Your brain knows when you're feeling stressed that there is a easy and quick way for you 
to actually alleviate that. And if you have done this many times, that's what it goes to. It goes to eating this XYZ cookie that you love or Ben and Jerry's ice cream or chocolate coated Oreos, whatever it is that you, whatever your poison is. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs and it is for a lot of people. The fascinating thing is when you first start forming these kind of habits where your brain knows that it's going to get this reward, that's normally something that happens by accident. So when scientists look at uh, how long it takes animals to work out how to get out of a cage, for example, to start with, if you put cats in a cage, and this is a vegan podcast, and I know this sounds horrible, but it takes them quite a long time. They're running around the cage, and then suddenly by accident, a cat will stand on a lever that opens the door, and they're free. So the second time they go in there, it might be by accident again running all around, stepping on a lever. But at that point, when they've gotten the reward from the action, which is standing on the lever, the brain starts to say, okay, how do we shortcut this process? Because habit formation is all about learning what gets that reward. So over time, when you actually look at what happens to animals, and it's exactly the same for humans, they learn push the lever, get the reward. You can see it with rats. Push the lever, get the little peanut or whatever it is. We're the same. Eat the cookie, get the dopamine hit. That's what happens when you are forming a habit. But once a habit is formed, this is fascinating guys, listen closely to this. When you have already established a habit and that is what your brain knows to do, you don't get the dopamine hit when you get the reward. You get it at the trigger. Let me say that again and explain it. When you are forming a habit and your brain is trying your tr- brain is trying to work out what is going to give you the reward, you get the dopamine hit as you are getting the reward. You get the dopamine hit as you are eating that cookie for the first time. Once you've established that, when you think about getting the cookie, that's when you get the dopamine hit. So now If you don't have the cookie, you actually get a dip. You actually feel worse because you've already experienced the reward. It's like you have to have it now. You've already experienced it in your brain. You've already had this dopamine hit. This is something that is so, so fascinating and it's why it is is really, really hard to break these habits and why conventional wisdom of just try harder or just don't do it doesn't work because we've hardwired our brains to act in a certain way. Do you want to know the other crazy part is if you if you experience this trigger, let's say it's stress, like we talked about, and then you don't have the cookie, you get that dip, you feel worse, and then later on, you get a delayed gratification of having that cookie, you get another dopamine spike. It's like your brain is trying to teach you, hang on a minute, like this is really important. It's trying to form that habit again, because remember, it can't distinguish between short-term payoff long-term payoff. It's just saying, this gives you some kind of reward. You should do this action. So when you don't do it, you feel stink. When you don't do it and then you do, it's going to be harder to not do it next time. This is why relapses are really common. So we're going to talk about three practical ways to actually break that cycle. 
but right off the bat let's talk a little bit about who you are because this is going to determine whether you actually believe that you can change and how you see behavioral change at all and dealing with emotional eating is all about you becoming someone who is not governed solely by emotions so you are not your emotions That's the first thing to actually understand. You are separate from them. Your emotions are things that that actually act on your true self. You feel anger, not you are anger. You feel bored, not you are bored. All right, do you see the distinction there? If you can identify that you're feeling a certain feeling, that is really proof that you are not that feeling. So what you get to decide is how you respond to it. I want to just share with you a little story about a guy called Viktor Frankl. And if you don't know who that is, he was a psychologist who um, went to a concentration camp during the Holocaust. He lost his wife. He lost his entire family. And he'd been really into Freud before he went in there. And through that experience, he realized that even though the Nazis had really taken away so much from him that in this concentration camp, he was really, all his freedom had been taken away. He realized that he actually had control over his response. And that was something that no one could take away from him. It didn't matter what his environment was. It didn't matter how he felt. No one could take the freedom that he had to respond in the way that he chose. And I wanted to read a few little quotes from him. He says, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. I love this because it really comes into emotional eating where you are not going to consistently be able to stop the negative feelings that you feel. I have to remind myself on a constant basis that feeling sucky and hating the experience, hating the tension, like we just went through a launch. Guys, the tension that I felt going up to that launch, the fear where I'm like, I'm just hoping that we get enough people in, that we can pay the team. And like, I don't know if I'm meant to share this with you as a business owner. I don't know. I don't like rules. I don't know what to do. But there was a lot of tension there. There was a lot of negative emotions that I was feeling leading up to that launch. Not just that, but hoping that I could communicate well, hoping that um, people who really needed this were going to get into the program, hoping that I was going to be able to do it justice. It's, I mean, it is a fantastic program, but then I'm the one that has to communicate that. So these negative feelings that I was feeling, I had to remind myself constantly, you can feel this, this and not have to try and alleviate it. You don't have to feel better. This sucks. This is the way it is. But I had an opportunity there to choose my response. And part of what helped me was just realizing that I could feel that way and I didn't have to run away from it. Another quote that he said is, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances, to choose one's own way. And this comes into emotions as well because... I I truly don't think that we have all that much control over our emotions. Uh, We have control over our attitude. I think our attitude is much more about our response. 
But if someone talks about you behind your back, you feel like crap. You can't really change that because that's something coming in. When I had my period or leading up to my period, I feel so low. I was saying to Nick the other day, I can't imagine what it would be like to have um, just like a chemical imbalance in the brain or be someone who naturally felt like this all the time. I would find that much, much harder. A lot of my positivity about life has got nothing to do with anything that I'm controlling and a lot to do with what I'm blessed with. I'm blessed to actually have a relatively positive outlook on life whether that is through my upbringing or whether that's just genetics and my biology who can really say but regardless of how I feel I do have that freedom to choose how I respond and to choose my attitude and so do you so when it comes to how are you going to be looking at emotional eating this is much much less about you eliminating emotions and much more about you realizing that even when you feel stressed even when you feel bored even when you want to drown yourself in a tub of Ben and Jerry's that you are not that that you have the ability to respond you have the freedom no matter how strong that impulse you can learn to change guys if marathon runners and business owners that have massive corporations and people who go through incredibly difficult times if those people can learn to act in line with their higher values in spite of that opposition, then you can too. And I just want you to start telling yourself that that is possible for you. Guys, I I wrote my own little quote and I actually think it's really good. Let me know what you think. What I came up with was mental strength is the ability to recognize emotions but not be controlled by them. To choose to respond based on your highest values, not your strongest impulses. So practically, how do you do that? Let's talk about three ways to practically choose your highest values. So your highest values are the things that matter to you more than just alleviating your discomfort. Those are things like getting to your goal weight. They're fitting into your pre-pregnancy genes. They're feeling confident when you look in the mirror because you feel like your body represents you. These are things that matter to you more than just wanting to eat a hot dog on a stick, a vegan hot dog on a stick when the moment strikes, when you're feeling down and out about life. So what you got to do is actually become the kind of person that chooses those things even though your environment and your emotions might be sucking the life out of you. So the first thing to do is really change your environment and to break up the sequence of events uh, in as many places as possible. So if you remember when we talked about habits, I was talking about you have the trigger uh, and then you have the response and then you have the reward that you get from that response. There's actually four parts to a habit. I can't actually remember them off the top of my head, but it's that kind of idea. And I talk about this in Lean of Plants as well, is that the first thing to do is to really start to look at what are my tendencies and then plan for them. This is where you go, okay, so I have an 
a tendency to eat chips when I feel stressed. And I feel stressed a lot of the time. I feel emotional when I'm having my period. I feel emotional every single day. I feel bored every single day and I reach for the chips. How can you break up that sequence? You can't really change that feeling, but you can change your how accessible it is to complete that action. So if you have those tendencies, get that food out of your environment. Don't sit there and give me an excuse. If working harder and trying to do the same thing again and again and again and just change your mindset is not working, then it's time to do something different. And this is where I get frustrated at uh, people who talk about, oh, just change your mindset, you know? And it's like, this is how habits work. You've got an entrenched way of doing things. Don't think that you can just listen to one podcast or read one quote and that's gonna change your behavior. You've got much stronger forces at work there. You're going to have to change something else. Do you know what changes your mindset? Action. New habit formation. So if you can start to teach yourself that even when you have this feeling of wanting to go and eat that bag of chips, when you go and look in the cupboard, you cannot complete that action. Imagine if you did that a hundred times. Imagine if you had that feeling a hundred times and you couldn't collect, you couldn't complete that action or you make it really really hard for yourself to right you put that up on a really high shelf or you ask the other people in your household to hide it for you that is going to start teaching you that you are capable of making a different choice that there it is possible to feel stressed and there to be a different outcome that happens what scientists have found this is fascinating guys is that it's actually almost impossible to rewire your brain in that you once you've established that pattern that exists but you can form new pathways and you can make it uh, harder for yourself to actually complete that so set up your home environment in a way that even if you're emotional even when you are having a weak moment, which we know is all of us a lot of the time, that it is going to be difficult for you to actually complete the action. Plan for your weaknesses. Acknowledge that those exist so that you can put a practical plan in place. Uh, A couple of episodes back, I talked about something called a Ulysses Pact. And this is something that Odysseus in uh, Greek mythology did as he was trying to get home to Ithaca. The reason I know so much about this is my daughter has a book um, about the Odyssey, like a kid's book, and she absolutely loves it. I've been reading it so many times. But So he's going, he's sailing past the sirens and he gets warned that they are in t- incredibly tempting and that m- men pretty much always dash their ships on the rock on the rocks when they hear this sirens call. So rather than say, and kind of be this like macho dude, he doesn't go, oh, well, I'm stronger than that. I'm just going to change my mindset. I'm just going to resist temptation when it comes. He recognizes his weakness. It takes incredible humility, but it's also incredibly smart to be able to do this. He stops his ears with something. He plugs up the ears of his crew. He ties himself to a mast so that even if he hears them, he can't go to them. And what happens? He survives and he returns home. 
So if you want to survive and return home, if you want to stop emotional eating, you're going to have to do something different than just trying to change your mindset. Plan for your weaknesses. So number two is to create a bit of a backup plan. So I love this because this is focused on progress and not perfection. It's recognizing that you need to have a little bit of a contingency plan. So what I mean by this is I know that at certain times when I am feeling certain emotions, I want certain foods. And if I just can't have that full stop, then I'm going to go out and try and alleviate that in some other way. And it's probably not going to be positive. If I really, really feel like absolute crap, I've had a horrible day, I've like I'm down the dumps and I really want to eat pizza, broccoli and potatoes for me is not going to cut it. It's just not. So rather than saying, well, is it broccoli and potatoes or is it pizza? I'm going to look in the middle because what's important for me is to act in a way that is progressive. I want to be improving my habits from what they were a few years ago and I want to be able to be consistent in my diet. So I'm not looking for the perfection in that moment. I'm looking at how can I make a compromise. So in those situations, I actually have meals that I are much more kind of comfort meals. They're not like ideal for weight loss meals, but they're much, much better than going and getting out a pizza. And all of these are quick. And this is another thing in Lean of Plants. Like we talk about how to actually create and plan your backup meals. This is really important, guys. So one of mine is I have uh, noodles. I have rice noodles and I put veggies in there. Um, I put herbs that I have. I've got a video on YouTube similar to how I do it. And this is super comforting for me. This is a meal that I, if I'm feeling really crap, like I would love to eat this. Like I would enjoy this almost as much as pizza. It gives me that hit. It gives me that kind of comfort that I'm looking for that I'm not going to find in eating just broccoli and veg and um, potatoes so create a compromise backup plan all right and I mean I do this in a lot of a lot of different instances I have contingencies where I know it is going to be most difficult if I know that I'm getting my period I make a plan of what I'm going to eat or what I could eat I do um, I make like raw nola, so it's I blend up, I put in the food processor some dates and some oats, and so I'll have like a little dessert where I've got frozen berries, oat milk, and then some raw nola, date and oat mix just sprinkled on top. And for me, I'm like, at this point, I love that almost as much as any other chocolate type filled thing. As well, let's be honest, I don't love it as much, but I love it a lot more than just having fruit or just having a cup of tea after dinner. So that's a great kind of backup plan for me where it's keeping me consistent, but it's not, but it hits the spot. So what a compromise like this can do is it can actually teach you that you are capable of making decisions and sticking to them. If you say to yourself, I'm not going to eat pizza, and then you go and eat noodles, that that is a win because you've told yourself you're not going to eat pizza and you didn't do it. So if you want to be able to change your mindset, you need to be able to build trust with yourself. You need to, like Viktor Frankl talks about, uh, be someone who is able to change themselves. 
Trust in yourselves is a massive, massive part of this. This is where you're looking at, this is a long-term strategy to me changing. It's not just about the calories, it's about what am I doing consistently to become the kind of person that does eat a lower calorie diet, that is able to be consistent. And that is what's going to get you there in the long term. It's it's kind of like you have to take a step back so that you can take a step forward. So the third thing to do is really practical and that's just eat enough food. I go on and on and on about this but this is one of the key reasons that people fail is that they don't eat enough food, they're really really hungry. When you are hungry or when you haven't eaten enough you are going to feel worse. You are going to feel frustrated, you are probably going to feel angry and then if you have emotions that are Coming on strong outside of this, it's going to be even harder to stick to it. So make it easy for yourself. Simply eat more than trying to just eat a very few amount of calories. Eating more in a lot of instances, more of the good stuff, so potatoes, rice, beans, vegetables, getting comfortably stuffed, as I like to say, on those food is what is massively going to help you with your consistency and that when those emotions strike you're less likely to turn to food as well because you've you're you're full right you're much more likely to emotionally eat if you are also hungry so i wanted to read a few little stories from girls in our membership who have uh who have used this and they're seeing incredible results so i aisa I'm not exactly sure if that's how you say her name, but she said, when I started this plan, I ate so much food, like the biggest meals and seconds I could possibly handle. I made myself so full and satisfied that I didn't want or need to binge on anything because it was really just not enough room. Before long, my cravings were gone too because I was getting all the nutrients I needed. Every time you feel the need to binge, and this could apply to emotional eating, binge on a 50-50 plate or straight up sweet potatoes. They're basically candy. And try adding in more water. I actually had a dream last night where I announced to a group of friends at a dinner party that I don't binge anymore and everyone cheered me. It was pretty magical. You can do this. I love that. I love that because she's taken something super practical. She's working with her biology and not against it. And Rebecca said, huge win. I had to share with you guys. I've been struggling this month after being so successful since March. I was binging after some life events and couldn't pull myself out of it. Even though I hit almost 10 kilometers nearly every day, she was on a hike. My binging was throwing off my mood, my energy, and I'm sure I gained lots of weight. All of that to say that I did a really intense hike yesterday with a friend. I committed to getting one day under my belt of good eating, and I did it. I woke up this morning feeling amazing and determined to get another healthy day done. I just have to keep reminding myself that as bumpy as this journey is, It's for life and I just need to pick myself right back up and apply what I know works and makes me happy. Have a great day everyone and just keep focusing on why you're doing this and how amazing you feel doing it. I think that that's just such a cool story where she realizes that this is the long haul, that it is not something that comes easily, it's not something that comes overnight. We're dealing with a lot of things when we're trying to change our behavior and we're trying to change your habits, but it is possible even if you struggle with emotional eating and you struggle with binge eating. So guys, I'm going to leave that there just to recap what we talked about today. If you want to minimize your ability to emotionally eat, 
then you need to change your environment. That's going to be much, much easier and much more effective than you trying to change your emotional state, which is largely largely governed by factors outside of our control. Number two is to create a backup plan. Plan for your weaknesses. Look for ways that you can create a bit of a compromise if that's going to help you and be more consistent in the long run. And then the third one is just to eat enough food. And if you're wondering how to do that and how to eat the right amount of food or your portion sizes or how many calories you should be eating, I cover all of this in the Lean of Plants course that I run. I compiled this course based on everything I learned about weight loss all the mistakes that I made, all of the things that I tried and didn't work. And then we refined this course over time as we learnt what worked for hundreds of other women. This course is not just about what to eat, it's about how to change your lifestyle. If you feel like you know how many calories you need to eat, or you know uh, all the books and all the gurus and you've read everything there is to know about plant-based weight loss, but you just can't stick to it, We teach you how to make change. We are obsessed with behavioral change and what actually works. Guys, the course has just closed. The membership has just closed its doors. We will be opening again in April. And if you didn't make it in this time round, I want to encourage you to get on that wait list so that you can be notified when the doors open again in April. Thank you so much for listening. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys, even though I have to hype myself up with music before I do this. I'll see you next week. Bye.